0: This is their home away from home. And uh, in fact, I know a couple years ago they were going through some things. And I told him, I said, Brother, our evangelist quarters is open. You, just, you can just come up here. Just come stay for a while. And, and uh, we'd be glad to have you. And I meant that and still mean it. And uh, I want him, I want him to feel at home behind this pulpit. I trust this man. I trust his ministry. I trust his walk with God. I've watched him through the years. And I know the hand of God is on him. And on his wife, I want them to come, take their liberties, sing, uh, uh, preach whatever they feel this morning. Amen. Would you say with me, Brother Daniels? Preach to me. Would you say that, Brother Daniels? Preach to me. God bless you. Yes, sir. It goes a lot deeper than just friendship. Count, Brother and Sister Riggin, is some of the dearest friends we've got. And uh... I appreciate them so much and their family. <clears throat> Quite frankly, missed getting to see them and miss getting to come here. Seems like it's been a long time. And uh, but we're so thrilled to be here today. And uh, Brother Riggins is one of my favorite preachers. And I love to hear him preach. And you got to put up with me today. And. Uh, I hope and pray that God will just let us be a blessing. I've learned one thing that it's not about us, but it's about Him. Oh, amen. It's about His kingdom. Yes, sir, we're so thrilled to be here with you. We count it an honor, a privilege that God has afforded us, and uh, we just want to bless, be a blessing and bless you some way. The help and grace of God today. Hallelujah. Glad to have my wife with me, and you can be seated. we will let her come and You're going to testify and leave a little something with you.
1: It is an honor to be here today. And I sit with Sister Regan and a bunch of ladies Friday. And they were were all evangelists, why? And after I heard some of the horror stories, I was almost afraid to get up here today. But one thing I've learned, if you mess up, uh, you sit down and just let the preacher take over. (laughs) But... Since we were here the last time, we have been in 11 states and, I, and just numerous churches. The last time we counted, it was just a little over 100, but God has been good to us. I have no complaints. We serve a real God. Yes, we do. There is too much work to be done for the kingdom to sit around and Waller in our hurt in our self-pity. and. My desire is to win souls. That's what it's all about. We all have a calling, and that's to be a witness. And we were at a motel uh, not too long in our ministry to our evangelizing, and uh, Brother Regan, there was a lady that came down, and I was sitting down there dr- drinking coffee, and I had been talking to another group of uh, some people that were there, they were, had broke down and had a big youth group. and. She overheard us talking, so when they left, she asked me where I was going to church. And I told her, and she said, would you pray? I have a prayer request. You see, my son has overdosed. And she said, I'm headed there now. And I said, well, I said, we will certainly pray. But I said, why don't you just come and go to church? Can I tell you, she went to church with us that day was in the altar that morning. There is a hungry world out there. Of uh, that first summer after we started evangelizing, I was asked to speak to a ladies' banquet and there was 126 ladies there and ten of them had the Holy Ghost. And about twelve were Methodist and all the rest was first Baptist. I'm telling you there's a hungry world out there. So no matter what we're going through, if we could get channeled in the right direction of winning souls. Yes. Amen. Like the song says, we can praise our way out of troubles. Yes, and I remember a few weeks when we started evangelizing. I, Brother Reagan I would go home. We would preach out on the weekends and, and just feel God and feel like we were in the will of God and just feel so good. But then we would drive back into the city limits. Yeah and the pain and the hurt would come and it was like a black cow and it was depressing me and so one morning i got up and i began to pray and i got my bible and i put a cd on and i started just praying the word and in a little bit i began to shout all over my house because you see the devil had not won the battle and sometimes we let the devil stay around just a little bit Too long. And I began to think about what we had gone through and the hurt. And and everywhere we've gone, there has been so much hurt. So much discouragement. So much financial need. So much sickness. But can I tell you today that sometimes God is taking us through a process that we might know him. And that's my desire today, is to know him.
0: Praise God. Anybody here want to know the Lord this morning? Amen. I want to know him better than I've ever known him. Praise God. And it certainly is. Uh, It is something that we, as we go along, and the older that we get, as my younger brother stressed this morning, the, the older that we get, the more we learn and the more we find out about God and we find out that he's almost unsearchable, you know, and he never ceases to amaze me. You've heard people use that phrase before. Uh, you know, he never ceases to amaze me, the things that God does and the way that he does them. And just about the time you think you're about to sink, he pulls you up. Praise God. He's got the door and he's got the answer. And he got it all figured out. Praise God. And uh, so we learn to walk by faith. And I've often said this, I think one of the biggest problems that that, uh, humans have and that uh, even people of God, children of God have is trust in God. You know, we can talk about trust and we can say we trust him. But then when something happens to you and it gets to that place where you need to turn it loose and let God do it, then, then we get the real test of whether you really trust him or not. You're really willing to turn things over and let God take hold of it and just let God work it out. And I've I've had some of those moments, uh, you know, down through these last two or three years. We've crossed some places, been through some things, but God never did fail us. And uh, we learn to trust him more and more uh, every day. Praise God. And he's such a great and an awesome God. Praise God. And once again, it's such an honor and a privilege uh, to get to be with Brother Sister Riggin and their family and this church family. And I uh, hope and pray that what we do, this may seem a little unusual to you today, uh, but as I tried to pray and find the mind of God, this is something that uh, I want to share with you this morning. And uh, I pray that it will turn out to be a blessing that God will anoint us and help us give you ears to hear and hearts to receive. The Word of God today. If you'll just open your heart, God will speak to you. Praise God. He don't just speak to preachers. He speaks to everybody. Praise God. He really does. If you'll just open your heart, he'll talk to you. Amen. And he'll speak to you. Amen. If you want to go with me in the Word of the Lord, we're going to the book of Psalms 127. 127. Praise God. Psalm 127, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but uh, hopefully the Lord will help us to uh, leave something with you here today. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. For it is vain for you to rise up early, and to sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he that, for so, uh, he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As errors are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And and that last verse says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. But what will they do? Well, of course, it says they will speak with the enemies in the gate. Praise God. Children are an heritage. They're the fruit of the womb. Now, I know we use this, and I've used it in child dedication and many other ways. But today, I'd like to share it just a little bit different. I'd like to bring it to you uh, as a message that can help us, and that uh, I feel like the Lord has talked to my heart about. And uh, we're going to go to other scriptures here in just a moment. But with that in mind, I, I want us to pray right now that God would somehow help us to receive the word of the Lord. And I want our good pastor, if he would, to pray right now and ask the Lord's blessings over his word this morning. Would you ever one of us, let's pray together. Provides our spiritual sustenance. I pray that you would anoint the man of God. I ask you, Lord, to touch him. God to speak through him. But Lord, also, God, that you would allow us to receive, Lord, that engrafted word that can save our souls. Have your way today. Save souls in this service. I pray. We thank you for it now. Oh, Jesus' name. And everybody said, "In In Jesus' name, would you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise right now? Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can be seated. That scripture is used in many, many different ways, but it is really, I, I began to read it one day and I saw it in a different light than I'd ever seen it before. And uh, as the Lord began to talk to my heart about these scriptures, uh, I thought, Lord, except the Lord build the house. You see, we, we understand readily that if God's not in something, then it's not gonna be, it's not going to go very far. It's not going to accomplish much. Except God is in the builder. And except God is in the house. Except the Lord is here. And we labor and we strive uh, to do one thing. And that is like you did all morning this morning. We all came in here and the pastor led us in songs and praise. And we tried to. Why? Because we need the presence of God to come in this house and to help us. We're not going to save very many souls and we're not going to change very many hearts and we're not going to be able to do very many good things for the kingdom of God if God doesn't come on the scene and if the Lord is not a part of what we're trying to do if we cannot find the channel of the spirit of God if we cannot get in that place with him where he can touch us and where our minds get clean of the things of the world and our problems and our cares, and, 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 you know, we're living in a world full of stress and problems and all kinds of things that are going on, the attacks of the enemy. But, oh, we come into the presence of God. And we come in here thirsty and we come in here dry sometimes. And what's the first thing we do? We know that somehow we got to get past that point in the flesh and we got to get past that place where we can't, you know, where we can put self aside. And where God can come in and God can touch us and God can anoint us. Praise God because I've learned a long time ago, you may strive to do it without God, but you're going to be a flop. (laughs) You, you may push on you know and you may strive and you may try to do things and I guess there's some things that we we do and then there's things that God does but I I just know that I need him more than I've ever needed him in all of my life. I know that somehow God has got to help us uh, in this end time to reach every soul and reach every heart and help every discouraged person and uplift every person who's on the edge today to let them know that if we can just keep going a little bit longer if we can just hold on a little bit longer if somehow we'll just stay faithful a little while longer if we'll just stay in God's kingdom just a little while longer it's going to pay off it's going to be worth the trip it's going to be worth everything that we have gone through every problem you have ever suffered Uh, it will be worth it if we can just strive to be saved praise God oh listen listen That ought to be the heart's cry, just like Brother Regan mentioned, Brother Howard's son, uh, in that prayer meeting. Oh, God, you know, whatever it takes, I don't want to be lost. You know, because we all have our battles and we all have our moments. You know, but Lord, whatever it takes, I don't want to be lost. Lord, whatever i got to do, I want to be saved. I want to make it all the way. Lord, uh, help us to be a blessing along the way. Uh, and the reason that I brought this particular scripture first is because what I want to preach to you about today, I believe has a lot to do with revival. I believe it has a lot to do with what we need and what we need to expect and what we need to try to do for the kingdom of God. And, uh, and we've got to have God to help us to have revival. Praise God. And, uh, you know, we uh, found a story in the book of First Samuel. Uh, there is an interesting story, and I've used the same verses of Scripture before for the same reasons. Uh, and it talked about a, a story of a man who had some wives. And uh, one of those uh, wives uh, that he had was named Hannah, and the other one was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children; Hannah had no children, uh, and it was a sad thing because to not have children, it was a shame and a disgrace for a woman not to produce and not to bring forth children uh, and uh, make her husband happy. And uh, so, uh, and the story goes on to tell us that they went up yearly, and and uh, they went to worship in verse number three. Sacrificed unto the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh, and uh, and they were faithful people. But Hannah, he gave, uh, you know, this husband he he blessed his wives, and but Hannah, being that she was childless, he gave her special blessings, and uh, and and a little bit more than he did the other wives on the by the fact that she didn't have any children. So Hannah gave a worthy portion. Verse number five. He loved Hannah. And uh, But the Lord had shut up her womb. Her adversary was always there and uh, provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so he provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanai, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thine heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? And Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh. And after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat at the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And he and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow. She said unto the Lord of hosts, Thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And of course, Eli, uh, as she continued to pray, Eli, in verse number 12, marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she gave, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. He thought something was wrong with the woman. Come into the house of God drunk and just laying there doing, you know, babbling and saying things. And he got ready to rebuke her. Eli sent her to her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And, uh, And so Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter, Beliah, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And so, verse 18, uh, she, she said, Let me find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way. She did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Rose up early in the morning and worshiped, BEFORE THE LORD RETURNED, CAME INTO THEIR HOUSE IN RAMAH, AND ELK AND KNEW HANNAH HIS WIFE, AND THE LORD REMEMBERED HER. AND WHEREFORE IT CAME TO PASS WHEN THE TIME WAS COME ABOUT AFTER THAT HANNAH HAD CONCEIVED THAT SHE bare A SON. AND SHE CALLED HIS NAME SAMUEL, SAYING, BECAUSE I HAVE ASKED HIM OF THE LORD. PRAISE GOD. NOW YOU SAY, BROTHER DANIELS, WE'RE NOT HAVING A BABY DEDICATION HERE TODAY. I understand that, but that's not what I want to talk about is baby dedication. Instead, I want to preach to you a little while using Hannah as my illustration. Right. Hannah was a woman who was in a, a position that a lot of people get into. In fact, a lot of churches get into. All right. And uh, she had a very serious problem. And uh, the problem was that she looked around and she began to watch her, her rivals it seemed like they were doing so good and they were having children and she wasn't having any. Now, mind you, she was a woman who was doubly blessed. Her husband loved her. And he knew that this was a problem. And uh, it it was the things that was going on with her uh, had nothing to do with the fact of whether uh, her husband loved her or not. He loved her. In fact, he loved her so much he blessed her. He gave her much more than, uh, than he gave the, others, the other wife because he was trying to take care of that problem and like a man will do, you know. And, uh, you know, we try to, we, we notice, it's like I told somebody this morning, I was just kidding around, you know, and I said, you know, I went and got my wife a cup of coffee and somebody said, you went and got that free wife. I said, yeah, because I said, mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> and when mama's happy, everybody be happy. But when she ain't happy, we ain't none of us gonna be happy. Now, it's kind of the same principle here with Hannah. Elk and I was doing everything that he could to make her happy. He was giving her double portion of the blessings and so forth, and uh, she had an adversary. Now, you say, what has all that got to do with your message today, Brother Daniels? Well, you know, it's kind of a picture of the church and what a shape it can get in sometimes. We look down at this, and we can we can look at it from many different angles, but just looking at it from the standpoint of a church that can fall into such a position in such a place that uh, it's not having the revival, it's not having the move of God, or it's not going and it's not doing what you want it to do. And so, you know, I began to look at that, and I thought, Lord, that's what can happen to us. if We're not careful. We look around and we think that, you know, at other churches, it looks like they're having revival over there. And, uh, you know, why not us? And, you know, why, why don't God move here like he moves over there? And how come, you know, it seemed like the Lord just not blessing us like he's blessing them. And so this man and uh, his family, they were people who were worshipers. So it didn't have anything to do with worship. They went up uh, regularly as they were supposed to go to Shiloh and they worshiped and they sacrificed. So it was not about their sacrifice, they didn't have a problem with that. They were good worshipers, and they did everything they knew to do. I believe they loved Jehovah God. They, they were going up. They were doing everything that they were supposed to do. They gave, and they uh, they gave worthy portions, and they prayed, and they, they worked, and they did all kinds of things to try to help the kingdom of God. And one wife. Uh, had children and she was doing very good. She was prospering. But Hannah was a picture uh, of the shape that we can get into as a people and as a church sometimes. I can get into it individually, my own self. Uh, You know, and and so there's a problem here. Well, what is the problem? The problem was uh, it wasn't the blessings, it wasn't the worship, it wasn't the sacrifice. It was the fact that Hannah didn't have a kid. She didn't have no child Bless her all you want to. You know? Did you know there's people that just get into a place where they could just stay put in one place and in one condition and just love the blessings? Oh yeah. Right. It's just so good, you know. Boy, we go to our church and man, we feel the, the Holy Ghost and we feel the presence of God. Man, we got a good pastor. And, uh, man, he feeds us, and, man, the blessings of the Lord are flowing, and, man, everything is wonderful, and we're enjoying the presence of God. And, you know, man, it's just great to go to the house of God, you know. And, uh, And it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing and how good it is everywhere else. But deep down on the inside of some of those people, they they start getting disturbed. Because you know, after so long, uh, you know, blessings are a wonderful thing. I guess everybody loves to get, you know, be blessed. I love the blessings. I love to shout. I love to run. I love to dance. I've even rolled a few times. I love to do it all. But you know, there comes a time when the main purpose of why the church is here uh, becomes more important than my blessing. It becomes more important than me being able to shout a little bit. It becomes more important than me to be able to uh, come and hear the word of the Lord and sit at the Lord's table all the time. You know, there comes a point when I say, hey, this is all great, but but why aren't we reproducing? It comes to a point when I get like Hannah and I say, you know, this just ain't right. My husband loves me. God loves us. God blesses us. God pours out his blessings. We could just we can just sit down and be satisfied, you know. We can just sit down and say, Man, that's lovely, that's wonderful, you know, and 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 just sit there. But after a while, a true child of God says, Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be doing more than just sitting here in this church having a blessed time, you know. I'm supposed to be doing more than just sitting here in this church, enjoying the word of God and eating at the master's table and letting God touch me all the time. Something else is supposed to be going on. I'm I'm really not a good wife until I begin to produce children for my husband, for the one that loves me, even though he loves me so much that he blesses me enormously. He's put a lot of good things on me. But there's one thing that would make him happier than any other thing that I could ever do, and that's if I could be a soul winner, if I could produce a child, if I could produce a baby for my my husband. Then you won't be looking at the other churches. Then it won't matter what the other wife's doing. Then it doesn't matter about anything else because I feel like now that I'm fulfilling what my husband really wants me to do. Praise God. And he really wants me to produce a child for him. Praise God. And if you don't do it, I found out that after a while you'll begin to grieve I'll call it spiritual grief. Because it hurts. So we get being like Hannah. We'll begin to grieve and we get disturbed. Our spirits get disturbed. And we say, you know, this is all well and good. But God, what's wrong, you know? What do we need here? What needs to happen here? God, what are you going to do for us? I need to do more for you. There's something that I wish that I could do that I hadn't been able. Do you ever want to be a real soul winner? Praise God. How many folks here would like to be a soul winner? You'd like to have souls. Praise God. Oh, he loved her. He gave her many things. Praise God. But she began to weep. She began to weep. And she wept a lot. And then she got to the place that she refused to eat. I looked at that and I thought, you know, I can visualize her getting to that point that, you know, she said, you know, I don't know, I just maybe even somewhere in the back intercessory parts of her mind, she said, you know, it'd be better for me not to even be here. It'd be better for me to just die, you know? So she began to get to the place that she didn't want to eat and that she could do nothing but weep and cry. Did you know that I've been around church long enough and from where uh, myself and Brother Regan come from and, and places we've been and the men we've been associated with, you know, it's a good thing for a church to be a praying church. It's a good thing for us to get to the point to where we're not satisfied with status quo anymore. It's a good thing when we find ourselves falling at the altar weeping and crying. Did you know that fasting is a good thing praise God, you know, and and, uh, you put prayer and fasting together, and it's a powerful thing when people begin to pray and when people begin to fast because they're not satisfied with status quo, you know, and God sometimes has to push us, it seems, to get us to that place, but then once we get there, we think, you know, why didn't I do that to start with? Why didn't I just, you know, why wasn't that a part of my makeup? Why didn't I do that to begin with, and I could have been far beyond where I am, right? Now, if I'd have just begun to pray and fast and seek God. and uh, But Hannah finally got to that place that she was tired uh, of the situation that she was in because she was becoming bitter. I'm going to tell you something. Bitterness is a bad thing. It'll destroy people. Bitterness hinders people. Bitterness stops revival individually and otherwise bitterness is something like a cancer it'll kill you praise God oh and bitterness of soul Hannah got to the place that she began to get bitter and she became dissatisfied and so as she wept and she prayed then of course that wasn't all that was going to happen you know the devil will jump on a situation like Hannah's situation. He said, oh, here we got them just where we want them. They're bitter right now. They're dissatisfied. And so along comes her adversary and says, you know, look at you, you're nobody. You're not doing anything. You're not producing anything. What good are you? You know, the Lord must not be with you. Uh, You know, there there must be something wrong. Uh, There must be a problem. And so, you know, that's the devil's business is to come along and be a good devil and see if he can make you, you know, sidestep you in some way, get you to thinking things you shouldn't think and doing things you shouldn't do and uh, and get you off on a track that you shouldn't be on because he knows if he can do that, then there'll never be a baby born. You're right, brother. If he can just get people thinking the wrong way, if he can just get our minds going in the wrong direction, if he can put things there and if he can plant things in my thinking and in my mind and in my spirit, the devil's a smart devil. He knows that if he can get people to do that, that they're never going to produce anything. Just help them get more bitter. Just help them get more dissatisfied. Just help them look around a little more and, and begin to get you know have an ugly spirit come on them. And and you know before long you know they don't even want to go to church. They don't want even to be a part of the kingdom of God. They they they're looking in all directions. They're doing all kinds of crazy things and, and not really accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God. And that's the way the enemy is if he can get into a child of God's heart or into anybody's heart. If he can keep you going in that round circle, if he can keep you going from bitterness to dissatisfaction, uh, you know, to wrong spirit, to just keep you all the time confused and, and keep you tied up, you know, pretty soon we're not having a move of God. Pretty soon we're not happy anymore. Pretty soon things are not going to go the way we want them to go. Finally Hannah did the things she should have done. I encourage people of God that really want revival. If you really want revival, don't don't just sit around dissatisfied and bitter and if I could take my liberty and say letting your tongue well Well, I've been around long enough to see what that can do. Just takes a little bit of talking and You know, next thing talk ain't talk anymore, but it's lies. Mm, God hates a liar, and uh, you know it's confusion and it's discord. God hates them that's so discord among the brethren. (laughs) Oh, and you know it can just go on and on and on and on. But then there's those people that say, "Wait a minute, this ain't right." This is not the way it's done. And what do they do? Hannah did the right thing. She headed to the house of God. She went there. She got down to wherever her altar was in that temple. And she wept. And she cried. And she prayed. Until she couldn't, nobody even, her lips were moving. But couldn't nobody tell what she was saying. I'm going to ask this question because I've been there and I've seen others there. wonder how long it's been since people in the church travailed and prayed until your lips were moving. But till nobody but you and God knew what was being said. I'm telling you, there's a depth of God. I'm telling you, there's a place in your relationship with him. To where it goes beyond just the outward appearances and, and the, you know, the, the little things that we want to call uh, spiritual, you know. I'm talking about digging down deep to the point that you get so lost in the Holy Ghost that you're just speaking words and nobody can even know what you're talking. Eli said you must be drunk, woman. What do you do that for? How many times have you ever been accused in the house of God Uh, You know, and somebody come in and say, you know, what's wrong with them down there? How come they're still there? How come they're still praying? Of course, they don't understand the, you know, the depth of your prayer and the depth of your desire that is in your heart, and so they have no inkling of why a person would pray like that and why a person would dedicate like that. But it's because Hannah was tired of being childless. You're right. She did the only thing Hannah knew to do. She went to the house of God. She made a new commitment to God. Come on, folks. It's all right. You know, you may have had a commitment, but you know what? It's all right to make a new commitment. Do Do it again. We prayed one time at church. And every night we got up and read the book of Acts. I don't know if you remember... But somebody would read the scripture, of the book of Acts, while everybody was praying. And when they got through reading the chapter or two, they'd say, Lord, do it again. Praise God. I wonder how many folks have ever got to that point that you've just said, Lord, this is all well and good. But do it again. Praise God. Here's a new commitment, God. I, I, I'll do it, I'll do it, God. I'll, I'll pray more, I'll fast more, I'll seek you more. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm making a new commitment to you right now. And I'm also asking God that even though it's been mighty and it's been great, but oh God, I need you to do it again. I need you to do it one more time. I need you to move in our church one more time. I need to see somebody get the Holy Ghost one more time. I need to see somebody baptized in Jesus' name one more time. I need to see see another miracle, God. I need to see another move of the God in my, in my church. You know, when you get tired of being satisfied with status quo, it's gonna drive you to a place where you're gonna hit your knees in the house of God. You're gonna pray like you never prayed. You're gonna seek God like you never sought God and you're gonna want revival. more than you ever wanted it in your whole life. She didn't pray a five-minute prayer and get up. She didn't pray, I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul. Take That wasn't it. This was desperation. This was purpose. This here, there was a, there was a problem and she was looking for what was gonna solve her problem, praise God, and so she prayed until she got in that state of of communion with God. Praise God, and God heard her cry and knew her heart and seen her situation. Can I tell you that no matter who we are and where we are, God knows our location. God knows our address. God knows who we are, and God knows what we need. Praise God, you cannot hide from him he knows, and so after her consecration, after her dedication and new commitment to God, she came out of there with a new countenance. Yes. yes, she did. You know what I'm finding out is when people's countenance is kind of sad and kind of down, and you know, oh, they love God and they come to church, but countenance just ain't real happy. You know, they're they're just. They're not passionate, but they just, you know, they just ain't got that happy face, you know, if I can use that. They don't have that happy face on them, you know. And their spirit, you can tell they're just not as happy as they want you to think they are. You know what? There's a cure for that. Yes, there is. And that's pray and fast and see God until God changes your countenance. Praise God. Have you ever heard somebody talk about people who just got the Holy Ghost? They say, wow, you just had a glow about them, you know? I wonder how long it's been since we've done like the old prophet who went up into the mountain and when he came down the mountain they had to cover his face because he shone with the glory of God. What was that? Because he'd been in the presence of God. He'd been right in the very presence of God. You may tell you what it changed a lot of countenances is that people would get into that place with God. If they'd go up into the holy mountain of God in their prayer, if they'd get in there with their consecration and their dedication and you'd come out like Hannah did with a new countenance on your Face. Hannah was walking out of there a little, stepping a little higher than she was when she went in. She came out of there with confidence and she came out of there with promise. Because she prayed through to that point where she knew that God was going to answer her prayer. What solved Hannah's problem? She had a child. That was the whole problem to begin with. It wasn't the worship. It wasn't the blessings. It wasn't a sacrifice. You know? It wasn't none of that. It was just that she needed a child. She needed a boy. She got her petition. And she came out with that child with a different, with that promise, with a different countenance. Praise God. The answer was that Hannah needed a baby in the crib. My, my title, my message for you today this morning is No Babies in the Crib. Pretty simple, Brother Daniels. That's not, you know, astounding or anything like that. No, it's just simple. Sometimes the problem is we don't have no babies in the crib. Praise God. Amen. Instead, our home has become a showcase. Uh Our home has become a place to look good, act good, and enjoy blessings. But it's been a long time since we heard a baby crying. Been a long time since we changed a spiritual diaper. Been a long time since we held a baby and put a bottle in his mouth and helped it to grow. The whole problem with Hannah, she didn't have a baby. Praise God. Could you stand with me this morning? You know what church really needs to be? You know what would help a lot of churches? Is if they turn their church into one big spiritual nursery. Because you know what? When you're at a nursery and you've got that new baby, you just look at Sister Riggin back there holding that right now. Ain't one prettier than that one? Oh, that's hers. That's her grandbaby. That's her baby. Her mama was here. I don't see her, but oh, wait, wait, there she is. You right there? She's helping me preach. <laughs> you know, boy, listen. There ain't nothing like when you go into that room. And you look in that nursery and you say, is that right over yonder? He looks just like Brother Reagan. He looks like Grandpa Reagan. looks just like us. That's our boy. You see that one? Look at them eyes. Look at that hair. Boy, did you hear that cry? he got a voice like his grandpa. Man, he's got a loud voice. Man, that's my guy. That's my child. That's my kid. That's my grandbaby. How long has it been since you had somebody? You won to God. How long has it been since you had a baby that you could call your own? One that when you stood down at the altar, you look across there and you say, I won that one. That's my baby right there. I prayed that one through. I taught them a Bible study. I'm the one that won them to this church. I got them in the house of God. That one right there, that's my baby. Praise God. You hear all them babies crying in here? Well, if we don't, then we need to. Because that's one of the most important things. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Was not just so we could have wonderful times together, although we will, but it's to win the lost it's for us to reproduce it's for us to have church that produces babies praise God it's to have a church which is not a a place to come and sit and look at one another but it's full of these crying little babies that we won and brought in and we're teaching them and we're loving them and we're taking care of them let me tell you you'll be less apt to gossip Uh Let let me just for a minute you'll be less apt to have your feelings up here You'll be less apt to want to go straight somewhere and do something you shouldn't do, because you'll center your affection and your time upon a baby. You don't mean to tell me that a mama, the first time she holds that child in her hand, that she is not overwhelmed with what's just happened, and she protects, and she realizes there's a duty ahead of her. I gotta take care of this baby. You know what? A whole lot of church problems will be solved if we just turned the church from a church into a, a big old nursery. You, you still with me? If we just turn this whole church right here, you've got a good church, you've got a good pastor, and we've got the best heavenly father in all the world, but he just don't want us to sit here barren and and upset and bitter and, 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 and all of that. No, 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 no. Hey, if I could just encourage somebody to pray here today, if I could encourage somebody to a new commitment here today, if I could encourage somebody to get tired of being in the shape that you're in, I'll tell you how to solve a church problem. I'll tell you how to get rid of attitudes and spirits and evil they want to creep in. You just get a bunch of babies in here and the church won't have time. Come on. I said you won't have time to do nothing but nurture that baby. Guard that baby. Feed that baby. Praise God. Take care of that baby. Praise God. Praise God. Sister Regan, is there any way you can get up that way? that baby? Now, I wasn't here when it happened. Can you walk down here? I wasn't here when it happened, but I'll guarantee you. Grandpa, go down here beside her. I'll guarantee you, you talk about some happy grandparents. Yeah. When they looked to the face of that little newborn and... and Man, i guarantee you when it comes to church the first time, everybody wanted to hold it. Everybody wanted to see it. Everybody wanted to touch it. Everybody wanted to be there. You know, they wanted to just get a look. What does it look like? Which one of them look like? You know, we're doing all that stuff. What a glorious thing it is. What a glorious thing a new life is. A baby that comes into a family. And everybody's so excited. Praise God. You'll forget about your troubles that day. You won't remember things that came your direction because you're not thinking about nothing except how beautiful that baby is and how much it's going to be in the family, how beautiful it's going to be. My wife's going to come help me with something here. I I decided to do this real, real personal. I want all the mamas and grandmas that possibly can. I want you to come down here because I want you to get it. Now, don't walk away yet, Brother Reagan. Y'all got the real thing. I have a whole bunch of these little babies that are mine and... I haven't got none of them named, but they all look just like me. But No, not really. But I want you mamas come down here. Everybody's a mama in the church. Come on, mamas. Some of y'all looking like you don't know if you are or not. Come on, you know if you're a mama or not. I want you to take one of these. Just don't go nowhere. Stay right here. I want you lying up across there. Grandmas, maybe. You ain't got no, if you don't have children, but... Grandmas, come on till the babies run out. Amen. Then we'll pass them around a little bit. But Let me tell you, you get this baby. I'm, I'm talking spiritual baby here. You know what we need? Well, oh, listen, you talk about exciting. Amen. It's when, when them babies come in. Amen. Praise God. Sister Daniels, there's a mama standing right here. I don't know if she's talking to him with her hands, but. You can lay it down there in front of her, maybe. Is this all the mamas? Come on, mama. Where are you, mama? Grandma, come on down here. I'm telling you that this is something that will spur a revival. You talk about this is what we need. We need to turn this tabernacle into a nursery full of newborn babies. Praise God. Let me tell you, folks, when you get your own spiritual baby, you won't have time to do nothing else but want to take care of that little baby in your hand. Get a, get a feel of it, all you mamas down here. Praise God. Is there any, any of you daddies can come down and stand with your wife? Come on. Come down here and stand with your wife. Praise God. Come on, dad. Amen. How does it feel? How would it feel? Have a new baby in your arms. Pass it off to that dad. I want him to get a little feel. it. Now remember, some of y'all don't, don't hold him like they're dolls. You're supposed to think they're real. Some of them are. Look here. My goodness, two of them at the same time. ain't they beautiful? Come on. Let dad take a, let dad get a little feel of that in his arms. Come on, dad. You know how to hold a baby? Come on up. Oh, watch it. You nearly dropped that baby now hold him like it was real oh but didn't think for just a moment <sighs> not just physical but if it was a spiritual baby oh we would be so happy this church would be on fire oh, yes. this church would be on fire We wouldn't be able to think about nothing, looking at all and hearing the cry, ladies. That we're crying out with new life. Praise God. Oh, I wish you could, I wish you could visualize what I'm trying to say. Oh, just as happy as you were over that first real baby. Oh, how long has it been? that you've had a real spiritual baby. Hannah's problem was not the blessings. It was none of that other stuff why she was bitter and why she was having a problem. What was wrong with Hannah was that she needed a baby. She needed a baby. She, She knew that baby would make her husband happy. Your husband, he's trying to bless you He's trying to touch you. But you know what would make him happier than anything you could ever do is if you would reproduce yourself spiritually. I know some of you, you're not there yet, but I've, I've done it like this because I know these folks down here know what it's like, the real thing. But oh, what joy! is spiritual when you look down there but what a shame can i can i really say this without you taking me the wrong way what a shame brother riggan when the lord passes by the window Where's the babies? Where's the babies? I've blessed you. I've touched you. I've heard your cries. Where's the babies? And what he sees is no babies in the crib. How disappointed, how disappointed he must be. When he thought everything else was so important. But what he came looking for was a baby. It would have made him so happy. He would have rejoiced in the new birth. But there wasn't any. How long has it been since you witnessed somebody, invited somebody to church, they needed to be born again of water and of spirit. It wasn't a physical birth, but it's a spirit. while you're standing there holding that baby in your arms, I want you to earnestly right now, close your eyes, and I want you to say, God, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired of no babies, God. Let me produce one. Let me win somebody. Lead me to a hungry heart. Give me my spiritual baby let me see something born. Let me see somebody be born again. Oh, God, let me look across the aisle and see somebody that's there. It's my baby. Come on, folks, earnestly, would you? While you hold that little doll, symbolic of spiritual birth. God, let me win somebody. Oh, move my heart me be barren, bitter, disturbed, but let me have a baby. Praise God. Come on, church. I know this ain't a shouting message, but this is what I feel like God wants me to preach because I think it'll solve a lot of problems. I think it would do away with a lot of things that go on when churches become empty and barren of children babies. This would solve it right here. Oh God, give us babies. Turn our church, God, into a spiritual nursery full of babies crying and praying and needing care. Then I'll be happy, God. And I know you will. Praise God. Your pastor can't do it all. He does his part, but the church, you sheep. Sheep, we get cheap. Come on. You need to produce. Praise God. Oh, come on. Can you just pray right now and lift your hand if you can and say, Oh God, I'm not satisfied anymore with status quo. Give me children. Give me children. Genesis 30 and 1. Rachel's cry was give me children or else I die. Come on, church, it ain't good enough to stand here and be a church. Rachel said it ain't good enough. Give me children or I'd rather die. I'd rather not even be here. I cannot produce. But I have another scripture that I believe the Lord wants me to give you. Found in Psalms 113 and 9. This is what God wants to do He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. He's going to make the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, church. He's going to make you to keep house. Keep this house. To be a mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Now, come on, church. Can we praise him? in advance. You say, Brother Daniels, I don't have one yet. Oh, but it's coming. I said it's coming. So he's going to make you a keeper of the house and make your mother children. So come on. We give him praise in advance for the promise of God. He's going to make this church to prosper. He's going to make this church to be a mother of children. He's going to make this church be a keeper of the house. Praise God. You're going to be full of babies. You're going to be full of babies. You're going to be full of babies. You're going to be a nursery full of people speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. We're going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him in advance. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, do y'all believe what I'm telling you? Oh, is anybody still out in the audience? You just stand up and pray with us. You believe God can prosper the house of God? You believe the Lord can give this church new babies, new life? You believe we can have a revival? You believe we can be a nursery of souls and people praying through? Oh, come on, if you do, then let's give him praise in advance. Amen, let's do it before it happens. Let's do it now, believing that God is gonna do it. He's gonna do it. (laughs) Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Somebody's going to go out today. Somebody's going to go out this coming week. Next thing you know, you're going to hear the cry of a newborn babe in this place. People are going to rejoice. And you're going to be a happy mama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, let's lift our hands right now and worship Him. Let's worship Him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, do you love him? Hallelujah. That's it, church. Come on. Let's thank God for it. Let's thank God for the promise. Let's commit ourselves to doing afresh. Let's pray the prayer that Rachel prayed, God, give us children.